Turn my mic up. Ready on the right. Hey, yo. Calm down, nigga. Ready on the left. Hey, yo. Calm down, nigga. Ready on the right. Hey, yo. Calm down, nigga. Ready on the left. Fuck. Oh, yeah, everybody. Welcome. It's another episode of Twisted. Thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate everybody's kind words. You seem to enjoy it. I think about 12 people listen to this, but you're a mighty 12, and I appreciate it. So what I'm looking for is uh, maybe you guys, if you like this, you like the rants, you like all that stuff, tell your friends about it. Maybe get a couple people listening to it. It's getting better and better. You know, this is only like the 11th episode of this, so I'm trying my best. I'm working hard on it. I'm really excited about it. Uh, real quick, dates out of the gates. Very excited to be in Atlanta playing a new market. Very excited to be playing the Laughing Skull. If you're in Atlanta or anywhere near Atlanta, please come out. I got an hour of power for you. We're going to be, f- I'm going long ball. I'm very excited, man. I've been doing this new hour and it's been murdering stories I can't tell for the rest of my life. It's only, these are stories I can only tell for a little longer because nobody wants to hear fun party stories from a creepy old guy. And that's what we got right here. Creepy old dudes. So I'm going to be doing, I hope you can come out. It's not big club. So let's sell this shit out. I might record a little bit of a a new CD out there. I I think I might record this because I really want to do a, an hour special. I want to shoot my hour. The people in Edmonton at the comic strip uh, would like me to do it up there. I would really love to do that. I'd really love it. Uh, So if you're in Atlanta, all next weekend, April, let's see what the date is. April, come on, man. April 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th. I'm going to be out there. Or it's going to be the 10th, 11th, and 12th. One of them. I think I'm there Thursday. So come out to the Laughing Skull in Atlanta. I'd love to see you. What else is new, everybody? Oh, so much change. I hope you guys enjoyed the last one. Apparently, I'm butchering names still, which is fine. Butchered a couple names. Uh, Just happy to be back. Just got back from Edmonton. One of my favorite places to play, Edmonton, Canada. Edmonton is like the 80s in the United States. I swear to God, the girls are hot and the cocaine is everywhere. Uh, I don't do coke, but people let me know they had it. Everybody, everywhere. And it's like, they're like, this is the best Coke we've ever gotten. And I'm just like, wow, that's great. Thank you for saying that to a recovering Cokehead. I really appreciate that. Do you go up to Jenny Craig people and go tell them how great the cake is? Everybody had Coke. Grandma had Coke. She wanted me to do Coke off her tits. So that would literally be skiing because her tits look like an alpine ski jump. Everybody cocaine. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, uh, you know, of course me, I only have about 12 fans in the entire world for whatever reason. All my friends are famous and for whatever reason, because I I like to interview porn stars, everybody thought I was creepy, which I get. So uh, I have a couple fans and one of my uh, big fans, and now my friend is uh, Las Vegas Kevin. You can find him on Twitter at Vegas Kevin. He came to my show and he, he buys every shirt I sell. Every shirt he's had... Uh, every Naughty Show shirt, every Punch Drunk shirt, he's had them. And when he shows up, he's wearing one of the shirts. And he comes to the show. He's like, hey, Triple M, come to the show. I'm like, oh, man, I remember you from last time. I totally appreciate you coming. So I'm doing, a sh- I'm doing my show, and I have this joke about um, how you can't tell who's a top and who's a bottom in a gay relationship. You just can't tell. 
Because you think because it's the big guy, oh, I'm the big guy, or, oh, you know, I'm the, and I'm the little guy, right? You think the little guy might be the one always catching, but he might be a fastball, you know, and he might have a fastball, and the big guy's catching. I do a joke, and I go, hey, look at these two homos right here, right? And I regret saying that, obviously, but I'm in the moment. But I point to my friend, thinking it'd be funny adding him into the show. Of course, he has a look of, like, I just took a bag of flaming dog shit and threw it at his grandma. He looks horrified. And I'm like, only I would shit on my one of 12 fans. And I have, I feel bad the whole time. Cause that's just me. If my, if I was an Indian, my name would be he who shoots himself in foot. That's who I would be. Cause that's all I do is just constantly shoot myself in the foot. I shit on my one fan who buys everything I do. So I went in after, you know, after the show, I just, I tried to make, I apologized to him on stage. That's how insecure I am. I want him to be like the, the, the 12 tribes of Israel where we lose one of them and they suddenly disappear. I got to keep all of my fans. So he goes, oh, it's all cool. We went, we got, uh, we ate after he bought me lunch. I don't know why, but he bought me lunch. I should have bought him lunch and maybe sucked his dick after and make him feel better. Which I'm, I don't know if that'd be nice for him. He'd probably cry the whole time. Why are you doing this? So I'll let you know that we're both gay. So I went with him. We ate. We went and watched the final four. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Obviously, you know from Punch Drunk Sports, I have a bet with Ari Shafir. Kentucky, if they go undefeated, I fart in a fart funnel. Ari does a fat hit off my fart. If not, it goes the other way. So I'm, I'm performing. I'll get into this one night. Uh... I'm starting to become, by the way, I love meet and greeting after the show, but I'm really, honestly, starting to become a germaphobe. I, I, I just, I want to meet and greet. I'm so thankful to anybody who laughs at my jokes. I want to thank you after I want to meet and greet you, and I'm so excited I'm shaking everybody's hand. So after the show, you may thank and shake 200 people's hands, 200, 250 people's hands. And you don't know who's sick, and you know what? People don't care because they enjoyed the show. Or they thought the show was okay, so they want to thank you for it. And they, should, they don't care if they were just sick. Hey, man, if you're sick, if you're the outbreak monkey, don't be an asshole. Don't shake people's hands. Or that whatever I just heard. Don't shake my hand. Do the elbow thing. I'm just starting to do the elbow thing. If I could really convince white America, if we could just do, start doing the Japanese bow. I know I've talked about this before, but I got sick again, shaking people's fucking hands. And I even when I flew in Ambitai, I go, this is the first time I've come to this club where I wasn't sick and I literally had to go to the doctor. And Dino, the GM of the club, goes, it's early in the week. And I'm like, you motherfucker. You totally jinxed me. And I got sick. I'm going to become Howie Mandel. I'm telling you right now, I'm gonna just going to hang out in a bubble after every show and just bubble boy it. And have people take pictures of me in a giant bubble after the show. Because I'm creepy like that. I'm creepy. It is weird, right? So, I'm a germaphobe. Yeah, I'm a real germaphobe. The uh, comic strip rocks. I might film my special there. I'm really thinking about it. Just because that crowd gets it. All the crowds were great. Even the weird crowds were really good. Except for the Saturday Night Show. And the Saturday Night Show is always great. I've done the comic strip about four or five times and in that four times I've never had an unfun show and even the late night Saturday show wasn't unfun it was just war 
You know, and I'm like kind of considered like the greatest bar gig comic of all time, which really means nothing. It really, it's about as important as being the guy who can solve Rubik's Cube the quickest. You know, nobody gives a fuck. That's a great skill to have, but nobody really cares. Oh, look, I can do the Rubik's Cube in 30 seconds. Hey, nobody cares, dork face. I'm great in bars. Nobody cares. I'm great in bars. I was born and raised in bars. I started doing comedy in Las Vegas in bars. At the time, in the mid-90s, when I started doing comedy, I couldn't play any of the comedy clubs in the Vegas casinos because they we were too edgy for them. And they would hire hack comics out of Vegas, fly an opener in who was clean and would be doing the you know their clean observational. What's up with that? That's what Vegas liked at the time. I couldn't get in the clubs. So I had to start my own comedy scene. And I would have to play bar gigs. And I would get a different bar gig every night. And I would go into different rooms. And I would host my shows. And it was like a black night. I would do a black comedy night where the host would do like 30 minutes in between each comic. And I just really got good at doing comedy. Not only doing comedy, but dealing with hecklers. and just be I became basically Patrick Swayze of Roadhouse. I would go in and just start regulating tough rooms. And I'd be like, left boot, you know, and I'd see a knife and I'd just take them out. And that's, I, I take pride in that. So not only were I, I, I was great at bar gigs, then I get hired at the comedy store. And now for the first two years of my life, I swear I had to follow Andrew Dice Clay, Joe Rogan, and Eddie Griffin every night I did stand up. Every night. That's all Mitzi would put me up after. I would have to follow monsters. And I'm telling you, all doing an hour. These kids at the comedy store now, they haven't made. The most somebody does is 20 minutes before people start bitching. Back in the day, Rogan would do an hour and 15 in the OR. And I would have to follow that dude. At the, when he was doing Fear Factor and shit was going, it was before the podcast, but he was pretty big on Fear Factor. Dice would come in, I know I said this before on this podcast, he would come in and every day he would look for my name on the, on the sheet and bump me and do an hour and then watch me see if I could follow him. And I was a knucklehead and I'd talk shit about him because I was stupid. And we had our beef and we'd squash it and I really love Andrew Dice Clay. Now, I th I'm really happy he got the show, Showtime show and I really hope he puts Eric, uh, I put Kerrigan on there. Uh, because she's really, Eleanor Kerrigan is one of the funniest people I know. And it's so weird. And we'll get in the female comics in a few, but you know, she's really funny. He's great, but I'd have to follow monsters. So this Saturday night show comes and, uh, up pulls, and I kind of talked about some punch truck, but up pulls a Hummer limousine as a comedian. The only thing worse than a drunk bachelor party is someone pulling up to a county club in a Hummer limousine. That's it. Which, by the way, your Hummer limousine isn't that cool. It's really just a bus. You just took Greyhound to the show. It's really not that badass. But pulls up Hummer limousine. Who gets off it? Rich, good-looking white kids. And I'm not one of these people like, fuck white guys. They're piece of shits. But these guys were piece of shits. By the way, women were gorgeous. These two chicks that got off with this group, I have never seen Anyone this attractive. In my, I mean, these girls were drop-dead gorgeous. They looked like they fart butterflies. That's how hot they were. This chick could fart unicorn dust into my face, and I would thank her for it. She had the longest, sexiest legs I've ever seen. And they were all coked out of their mind. 
and I'm doing stand-up, and no one will shut up. And it's literally like, literally they had they had the vibe of every bad guy from a teen comedy flick from the 80s. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you remember Chet from Weird Science? That kind of douchey vibe? Or maybe, or maybe the, how about uh, the rich white guys challenging the race from uh, do say anything? Or how, no, they were just basically the Cobra Kai. The Cobra Kai had come to my comedy show and took up a whole table. And they brought their hot ass girlfriends. Everybody's coked out of their mind because it's Edmonton. And they can't shut up during the show. And I'm just doing whatever I can to shut these guys up. And I would just start doing stand-up. And then they would start talking. I would just pound on them. They would shut up. I'd start doing it. And then they would start talking again because they're coked out of their minds. And that's one thing people, cokeheads, like to do. They like to talk. They like to make business decisions. Coked out of their fucking skull. So I'm like, guys, shut up. And anyways, we start doing our show. It was a really funny situation. I had this one hot chick from another show come up and I do this thing where I do a, a dirty ventriloquist. And I'd ask earlier in the show who, uh, if anyone here would admit they shit their pants. And the first time in my life, a smoking hot nine admitted she had shit her pants. And I found that uh, very respectful. And I was like, that's very cool of you. you uh, you'll admit that you shit your pants. I don't know. I, I just have respect for that as well. Because women will never admit they shit their pants. I do a joke about it. You ever hear women have a, have a good I shit my pants story? You never hear it. This girl admits she shit, and she was smoking hot. And she, I, I called her up to be my dummy, and her friend is like, her friend's like, that girl shit her pants. And I go, this chick is so hot, I would eat the peanuts out of her asshole. That's how hot she is. I would literally eat the peanuts out of her butthole. That's how, I'm like, you don't understand the scumbag you're dealing with, lady. And the place goes crazy. I start doing my ventriloquist thing. And all of a sudden, this fucking guy just goes, you suck. And I finish my show, and I fucking lay into this guy. And this guy, I thought he was sitting the whole time. Turns out he was standing. He's about 5'4", of just pure douche. And every moment of this guy's life, he was a douche. When he was in kindergarten, he didn't let the kids play with his toys. When he was in grade school, he made fun of the fat kid. When he was in high school, he picked on the gay kids. When he was in the frat guy, he made all the all the uh, all the pledges suck his dick because he's a douchebag. He thinks he's a letterman. This guy's a douchebag the whole time. Just to let you know how he's dressed, he's dressed like he teaches salsa dances to cougars who don't get fucked by their husbands anymore. That's his fucking total vibe. And I let him know that. You, my friend, are a douchebag. And I turn to his chick, the chick who was the smoke school vibe, I go, I go, ma'am, you're wasting your pussy on this guy. You, your pussy could do way better. By the way, this guy's got such a fucking douchey ego. He's going to cheat on you because he's a selfish prick. You should fuck chill. You should fuck doctors who work at children's hospitals. Use your pussy for good, not evil. She looked at me like I was a fucking asshole. Just, uh, I don't get why you pay $25 to go to a show and heckle the comedian. Then on top of that, if you weren't douchey enough, he does the ultimate douche move. He challenges me to a fist fight. Who fights the comic? Are you the guy that goes to the children's party and fist fights the clown, you douchebag? His problem is this kid's entitled. 
He's rich kid. His pa- the problem was two good looking people fucked twenty years ago and had a little douchebag baby. And at no point anyone taught him, hey man, you're acting like a little fucking douche. You know? I wish I could be a dude. I'm gonna be honest with you, I wish I could be a dude. I wish I was entitled. I'm not that way. I'm not. I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. And I have this weird theory, and I might lose everybody on this one. But if you know, if you're not born with a silver spoon in your mouth and it kind of depresses you because you just wish you came from money and all that stuff, you know, you, sh- you shouldn't bang- blame your parents and you shouldn't blame your grandparents. Really, if you want to blame anybody, blame your ancestors from the 1700s, the 1700s, 1800s, maybe early 1900s. Because that's when everything really was being built infrastructure. If they'd stop being shoe cobblers and built a fucking railroad, you might be a billionaire right now. Your lazy ass fucking ancestors are the reason why you're not drowning in money right now. If they stopped being blacksmiths and built hotels, why do you think Paris Hilton's rich and entitled? Because a couple gen- uh, a couple, couple generations ago, someone got smart and started building hotels because people got to sleep somewhere when they're in a new town. Her ancestors got it. And then over time, the genes, really aggressive men started banging really hot chicks and then the genes got ruined and now we, they have nothing but shiny object retarded kids. That's really what it is. And that's my whole thing. It's so funny when everybody wants to talk about, you know, the whole thing about Mars is conspiracy theory is that we want to go to the moon and we want to colonize it with our best of the best. Which you know what they're going to bring. They're going to bring the smartest and brightest and the sexiest. And the sexiest always ruin the genes. Always. You look at pro athletes. These pro athletes, bang models, their kids are best D3 players. At best. Same thing with uh, smart guys. Smart guys bang supermodels, their kids are retards. So if you're broke and you're not doing it, don't blame your parents. Blame your ancestors. Go on Ancestry.com. Go back to 1700s. See who fucked you. So that's my story. I don't know where that went. Uh, I feel like people are just staring at me at this point. Uh, so but basically they didn't like my comedy, which gets me into the big thing going on now, right? Everybody's talking about Trevor Noah and all his tweets and should he be the host? Of The Daily Show, which is kind of an interesting thing because The Daily Show really is um, the the progressive Tonight Show. It's for progressives. It's a, a very cherished institution. And when they pick Trevor Noah, I'm going to be honest with you, he's not my cup of tea. But that doesn't mean anything. Congratulations to anyone who could get that gig. I personally would have loved to seen Al Magical get it. That's just my opinion. I thought El Magical was really great. I, uh, Trevor Noah is his own thing. It's not my thing. That doesn't mean he doesn't have the right to work. It's just not my thing. So anyways, Trevor gets named this, which is really weird. There, my, my girlfriend thinks he's fucking somebody on the show. That's how he got the gig because he was only on it a couple times. But as soon as he gets named, Firestorm starts. Firestorm starts about tweets he put out. A couple of them were about fat chicks. And by the way, uh, my friend Joe Bartnick has a great saying about why you don't put fat chicks in power because fat chicks have too many axes to grind. 
and they just want to take it out on the world. And I think this is part of it. Uh, he's not my cup of tea. I can't stand the political correct police. Not, you know. And uh, I just think this whole something he said about Jews right here. Uh, here it is. Wow. Retweet. Uh, Trevor Noah. The Jews don't trust them, but what can you do? Okay, that's a really weird thing. But let's get into the comedy police. One of the guys who seems to be really offended by this is the guy Matt Makowisk. Uh, last name uh, spelled M-A-C-K-O-W-I-A-K. You can find this guy on Twitter, at Matt Makowix, whatever. Uh, Matt is offended that he would do these Jew jokes. Cannot believe he made said that about Jews. So offended. Then you go to Matt's fucking Twitter account, and you find out that this political correct police officer here, uh, if you go to his website, uh, he's actually sponsoring... He's actually sponsoring the GoFundMe account for the pizzeria that said it won't do gay parties, won't do gay weddings, which is hilarious. I'm going to tell you one thing. Gay people aren't ordering pizza for their wedding. So you're making a stand that doesn't matter. But the fact that this guy's so offended by these jokes, but then at the same time, this motherfucker can call out this guy for doing a religious joke that he doesn't agree with. And the truth of the matter is, what I think this is, is this is somebody who's really pissed that Trevor Noah got the job and wants the job. This is somebody who represents somebody who they want to get the job trying to get him out of the position, of the uh, get him out of the Daily Show, so their, their guy can get the show. The political correctness, please, I don't agree with any of it. I don't agree agree with political correctness and it goes back to this blog I found on laugh riot girl and there's one written by this incredible douchebag his name is let me find him let me find laugh riot girl okay I gotta find this thing real quick I'm pissed that's not here uh this guy put out something called the culture wars and the fight against the culture wars what the fuck man why this get kicked off the culture wars uh and this guy basically goes in, his name is, let me find him real quick, bear with me. This is brought to you by mkcultura.org, mkcultura, for all your cultural needs. If you want to get spiritual, go to mkcultura.org. And if you're looking for weed, go to LA Speedweed, LA Speedweed for all your weed needs. When you need to get high in L.A., go to L.A. Speedweed. Also, check out Don Carlos Tacos in the La Jolla area. If you're in La Jolla and you want to, uh, and you're interested in eating some fine tacos, go to Don Carlos Tacos. Don Carlos Tacos for all your Don Carlos Tacos needs. Here's we go. Thanks for bearing with me. Here it is. Notes from the Culture War by a guy named Chris Wood Oliver. Chris Wood Oliver thinks that we should we that we should basically you can find this guy. It's called Laugh Riot Girl. I like the Laugh Riot uh, Festival. It's really great. Don't agree with this guy at all. He basically doesn't think that uh, white comics should be allowed to say anything. He at the end. This is such a great thing. This is so great. He calls out Daniel Tosh. He calls out Daniel Tosh. 
in his blog. He calls out Andrew Dice Clay and Adam Carolla about how loosely they use the N-word, the F-word, the N-word for black people, the F-word for gay guys, and uh, the B-word for women. And he says he's just getting tired. He wouldn't have a problem with the word if it wasn't just white guys saying this. Which, uh, did you watch the, uh, the, the roast of the Justin Bieber? Did you see that thing? Yeah. Kevin Hart uses the M, and I love Kevin Hart. This is an nothing anti-Kevin Hart. He's phenomenal. And he can say whatever he wants to. But he opens with a bunch of N-words. Then Snoop Dogg comes up, uses a bunch of N-words towards Justin Bieber and says, you ain't black because you ain't smoking weed in the back of the car. Then Kevin Hart goes up and says, you used all the N-words and not all black people smoke weed in the back of the car. Where's he get this guy's upset about that? He's not. See, and that's the problem with political correctness, man. It, it, there's too much fine print. Some rules apply to some, some rules don't apply to other. And that's bullshit. And the people who apply the rules are the ones who are allowed to say everything. So they want to handicap the thing. And I'm not looking to say the N-word. I would actually prefer if nobody said it. But I, it's just so hilarious as I'm watching Kevin Hart, great comic, did a great job in the Bieber roast, watching him drop N-bombs and this old lily white crowd is going crazy laughing. Now, if somebody had gone up there and dropped, a white guy got up there, how quickly would they turn quiet like they can't believe? It's the same word. But because of political correctness, these are stupid rules. This applies that by, how about nobody says it? Or everybody says it. Those are the rules. So here's this guy. He calls out Andrew Dice Clay. He calls out uh, Adam, Adam, what's his face? Adam uh, Carolla. And then this is why he's a pussy. You know, he says that white guys just say the N-word, the F-word, and the B-word all the time. Who he leaves out, and I, they're hilarious comics, and I'm big fans of theirs. He leaves out Louis C.K. He leaves out Sarah Silverman, who have huge bits using those words. He never does that because those are the cool kids. And then he actually goes in, and this is my favorite part. This is my favorite part. In fact, I love... A lot of con he's bitching about white people using all these swear words. And then he goes, in fact, I love a lot of comics who do material that I'm not always down with. David Tell, Doug Stanhope, Bill Burr, Anthony Jagnicks are all pretty great comics. Really? Because they all do what you were just bitching about. But if you say anything about them and you rack on them, you will be laughed out of whatever Silver Lake hipster dumpster bar you're fucking hanging out at. That's why you have no fucking balls. If you really believe in what this bullshit you're putting out and you're blogging about, you be calling those guys out. And those are four or five of my favorite comics. David Tell, I think, is the best comic in the country. Doug Stanley's been my friend forever. Bill Burr's done a ton for my career. And Anthony Jeselnik's one of my friends. I have all love for them. But this guy had any fucking sack. He would fucking call those guys out. But he won't because he'll get ran out of fucking L.A. You see it with bookers all the time. Oh, uh, we don't like dirty comics, except for these, these, these guys. Because if they said they didn't like them, everyone would laugh at them. He bitches about misogyny in this, this guy, Chris. Chris. What is this guy's name? Chris. Oh, Chris Wood Oliver. This guy bitches about misogyny. I'm going to tell you something, dude. I've done a lot of laps around this son. I've done a lot of laps around the sun. I'm not a young man.
a bit, I've seen some life. And I'm telling you, man, there's there, never trust a man who tries to act like he's perfect and act like he's fucking pure. Don't, dude, I was just hanging out with some, my buddy who's telling about his friends who does Christian comedy tours. They play arenas. And when they're not gigging, they're fucking out doing cocaine, banging hookers, cheating on their fucking wives. Hey, and I'm not judging you because I've done that shit too. Okay? But I don't go up there and put up this holier-than-now fucking attitude. And that's my problem. We encourage lying too much, especially marketers. Marketers want to put out fucking superhuman people on television commercials make all of us feel bad that we're not as good as them. Even though those people, when the cameras are off, are scumbags just like us. You know? And now I have a real problem when I hear men bitch about misogynistic jokes. And I'm not, I'm a dude, I believe in equal rights. I voted for a president. Stein. The Green Party. The last election, I voted for a woman. I'm not anti-woman. I believe in equal rights for equal pay. I agree in all that. But if you bitch about a good quality dick joke, there's something wrong with you. You're a scumbag, and I got my eye on you. Miso guys who bitch about misogyny are like the guys who go to a bachelor party and want to hug the stripper because you think that's a good backdoor to getting laid. I'm on to you. You're a scumbag. I'm just telling you, man. These political correct police. There's something about somebody wants this guy Noah to lose his job so their person could get in. They don't really give a shit about all that. And any of these people bitch about, like that guy that I just told you about. This fucking scumbag who called out, you know. And you know what else is a big problem with this? By the way, I love Jim Norton. Jim Norton's amazing. What a great comic. And he's really gone to bat for this guy, Noah. And he got in a back and forth with the lead singer of... Disturbed. Dave Drummond. I know I fucked that name up. You guys can let me know on Twitter. Ah, uh, so once again, Trevor Noah does a, a Jewish joke. And he makes fun of Jews. And listen, man. You know, Ari Shafir is this really unique guy because he's like, dude, you can totally make fun of Jews. Ah, uh, sometimes you can. Sometimes you can't. And of all the religions, that's the one you can make less jokes about. It's just true. I don't care if anyone gets mad. I love everybody. My girlfriend's Jewish. I've been plowing fucking Hebrew snatch for 12 years. So don't tell me shit. I've been banging a fucking Hebrew. Long time, dog. I'm deep in the Torah. So whatever you want to say, you could say. And the truth is, out of all the religions, the most sensitive are the Hebrews, the Jewish. They're very quick to fucking go, one Jewish joke, suddenly everybody's goose-stepping. Now, here's what I've learned about. If you bomb this country, you, you're just open game. Asians and Arabs. You can just light them the fuck up. Because they bomb this country. It's just true. Pearl Harbor, 9-11, feel free to just fucking dump on them. But this guy makes a couple jokes. Maybe it's different in South Africa. I don't know. But, you know, he makes a couple Jewish jokes. And this guy, Drummond's probably Jewish. And he instantly goes to, all of a sudden... Uh, all of a sudden now, it's going to be goose-stepping time. It's going to be goose-stepping time. And he calls this, uh, anti-Semitism is a problem. It's a cancer that's spreading around. And Trevor Noah is helping basically spread it. And he, dude, Norton brings up a good a good point. Jewish jokes don't make... Don't make someone anti-Semitic any more than the little bitch went and told a lie makes you a misogynist. 
Boom! Great point. And this is what Jim Norton brings up, and I totally agree with him on this, is that most people think stand-up comedy should be patty cakes. And it should never have a range of, of feelings and emotions and texture. Meaning, like, let's say music. How many different genres of music are there? There's so many. There's really light and fluffy, and then really dark. Same thing with movies. Really light and fluffy and dark. You know? Yeah. Uh, what's a great movie? Uh, let's see. Uh, fuck. I can't remember. Uh, what's a funny, weird movie? Uh, Shrek. You got Shrek, right? On one end. And then you got Kill Bill on the other. Yeah, they're both movies. Two different vibes. But nobody sees that with stand-up comedy. Everybody thinks it should be patty cakes. It should be soft, fl fluffy, and funny. No texture. No darkness. And that's why these people can't take these jokes. They're taking them literal. This guy, are you telling me this David Drummond doesn't get sarcasm? I'm glad you know my lyrics, Jim. Music is off is now left for anger. That's a song about me being angry at an ex. Now he's justifying it. Pretty clear that's not misogyny. Really? It's anger against one woman in particular, not all women. You're just crazy, dude. Again, the fine print that goes in with it. And he just basically lays, and dude, Jim Norton lights this guy up. And this guy basically at the end realizes, hey, okay, I'm wrong. I just don't think that we should ever, even if, dude, imagine being Armenian in Los Angeles. If I went fucking nuts on everybody who did an Armo joke in their set, I would be fighting everybody. It'd be one versus everyone. You gotta do, dude, if you don't like the joke, it doesn't matter. Move on. You really want to hurt a comic? Ignore him. That's the best way. You know, I, I, I want to get into this thing. Hold on. About, uh, I want to get into this, uh, you know. And the problem is, going back to this guy who wrote this stupid thing about the laugh riot and, uh, you know, the culture wars. The truth is, and I've said on Rogan's show, People want a world that plays their strengths and outlaws their weaknesses. They want a world where what they do best thrives and what they're not good at is fucking banned. And this guy is a fucking beta. And he's a dork-ass beta. And he does dork-ass beta comedy. And this guy ever wants to come gig with me. And I really don't hate this dude. I just hate that he wrote this article. And Chris Ward Oliver, if you ever want to come gig with me, come gig with me. And we'll go around, we'll play a bunch of rooms, and we'll see how your comedy does in all these rooms, and then we'll listen to you make excuses on why it doesn't work. I love how you call shitty-ass comedy. Oh, yeah, shitty comedy does really well. Really shitty comedy? All the guys who are successful are shitty comics. That's what sells, and your brand of pure comedy, four people want to see it, but it's pure, so it's better. Get the fuck out of here. Again, once the world that plays his strength outlaws his weaknesses. And it's bullshit. Different strokes for different people. Whatever you want to do with consenting adults, have fun with it. And when we get these people who cry all the time about dumbass jokes, the lead singer of Disturbed or this, this fucking beta that wrote this stupid-ass blog, when we get that, man, you just get the crying wolf. That's all it is. You're just crying wolf. And you make it less and less, less and less people care. So when something really happens, people just go ho-hum and they move on because they've heard it a thousand times. So it's just ridiculous. Uh, Indiana, 
We'll get into this. I know you guys have heard Indiana. We got a couple minutes left. Well, we got 25 minutes left. We'll finish it out on this. Uh, the Indiana, the Religious Freedom Rights Act. Uh, basically, fuck that shit. Unbelievable. It is 2015, and we're still dealing with this shit. I mean, we're dealing with people wanting religion over common sense. And I'm a spiritual guy. I want to play something for you. This is my opinion about all these people who think they can rule over other people. I'm going to play this real quick. Uh, it's, uh, it's Carl Sagan's Pale Blue Dot. I want you guys to hear about because this is what I feel about everybody who thinks they control everybody and they're all the masters and the dictators and all that stuff. So enjoy this. From this distant vantage point, the earth might not seem of any particular interest. But for us, it's different. Consider again that dot. That's here. That's home. That's us. On it, everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you ever heard of, every human being who ever was, lived out their lives. The aggregate of our joy and suffering, thousands of confident religions, ideologies, and economic doctrines, every hunter and forager, every hero and coward, every creator and destroyer of civilization, every king and peasant, Every young couple in love, every mother and father, hopeful child, inventor and explorer, every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, every superstar, every supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the history of our species lived there on the mote of dust suspended in a sunbeam. The earth is a very small stage in a vast cosmic arena. Think of the rivers of blood spilled by all those generals and emperors so that in glory and triumph they could become the momentary masters of a fraction of a dot. Think of the endless cruelties visited by the inhabitants of one corner of this pixel on the scarcely distinguishable inhabitants of some other corner. How frequent their misunderstandings. How eager they are to kill one another. How fervent their hatreds. Our posturings, our imagined self-importance, the delusion that we have some privileged position in the universe are challenged by this point of pale light. Our planet is a lonely speck in the great enveloping cosmic dark. In our obscurity, in all this vastness, there is no hint that help will come from elsewhere to save us from ourselves. The Earth is the only world known so far to harbor life. There is nowhere else, at least in the near future, to which our species could migrate. Visit? Yes. Settle? Not yet. Like it or not, for the moment, the Earth is where we make our stand. It has been said that astronomy is a humbling and character-building experience. 
there is perhaps no better demonstration of the folly of human conceits than this distant image of our tiny world. To me, it underscores our responsibility to deal more kindly with one another and to preserve and cherish the only home we've ever known, the pale blue dot. There you go. You and your you you and you, you think you know everything. Think of some book that was written by man. You could treat people like that. We're all the same. We're all the same, man. We all like stuff a little different. We're all in the way because what two guys, two people, they're in love. You can't eat at your fucking pizza place. Go fuck yourself. I'm not very intellectual right now. I love that video, pale blue dot. If you guys ever have videos you want me to play, I love to play them. I love that stuff. I need to hear that stuff. It gets me through. Oh, yeah, we're just going to destroy the planet, aren't we? Uh, I just think it's stupid. I think as a business person, and I kind of talked about this on Punch Drunk the other day, the notion that you would deny gay people the right to bring you business is ridiculous. Why would you not want those gay bucks? Gay bucks! Gay people have more money than anyone I know. Because most of them don't have little kids that they got to spend all the money on. You should go through West Hollywood. It's awesome. Everyone's got great cars in great shape. Dress nice. Because they got disposable income. It's just bad business. Besides immorally stupid and disrespectful and not right and prejudice. If you just take all that out, it's just bad business. Why wouldn't you want gay dollars? Those guys spend money. If I could get the gay community to like me, I'd be set. They buy stuff. They're good people. Who cares what they do with consenting adults? If it's consenting adults, have a good time. In Indiana, acting like it's doing everybody a favor. Like, oh, like, we, like going to your state is a goddamn privilege. I don't have anything against Indiana, but you're delusional. And if you're gay, move out of Indiana. Come to West Hollywood. Go to Palm Springs, where the anal is encouraged. Have a great time. Be like the bee from the Blind Melon video. Find your tribe. Dance around in funny costumes. Get out of fucking Indiana, where they're just idiots. I mean, dude, uh, uh, the pizza place, like I said, what's it called? Memories? Pizza? Moments or memories pizza? I don't even know. I'm trying to find it. I just hate that the, and they're trying to say, no, this is an anti-gay. This is our religious belief. Trust me, people will take religious belief. They'll take anything and turn it that's against religion. A great example are the uh, two twins, Tyra and Tamara Maury, M-O-W-R-Y. Do you remember they used to have that show, Sister, Sister? Do you remember that show? Well, for the longest time, they used to just get pounded on in Hollywood because they never tipped. They would go places, spend hundreds of dollars, and never tip. And then people would be like, why don't you tip? And you know what they said? Religious reasons. Where in the Bible does it say thou shall not tip? Nowhere. 
but they spun it because they're cheap assholes. You got a TV fucking show? Tip the boss boy! Take care of the waiter! You got a bad sitcom? Two twins, they don't know what to do. Shit gets crazy. Give a dollar! You're an asshole. I don't know how to do blah, blah, I'm not a tipper. Yeah, you're an asshole. And now, this is so funny. Now Apple's come out against it. Did you see that? Apple, Tim Cook, he's gay. And he's now against RFRA. And I agree with him. But I find it funny that Apple is talking about basically human rights when you're making fucking iPhones in China with slave labor. That's really interesting, Tim. Really worried about your fellow man there, aren't you, buddy? You're making gazillions of freaking dollars and you're worried about whether you can order pizza in Indiana. That's kind of interesting. Apple's so interesting. I went to Apple the other day because I wanted to get a new uh, battery for my phone. And uh, I went there and it was in Canada. And I go, how much would it cost for a new battery for my iPhone 5? They go, I don't know, $100. I go, excuse me? They go, it's $100. I go, for a battery? They're like, yeah. I go, wow, man, that sounds like robbery to me. That's crazy. And so I started thinking, man, I could pay $100. Or I could just take this battery right now and walk out, and who the fuck's going to stop me? Who at the Apple store is going to stop me? Have you? Is the army of dorks going to rise up and stop me? Is it the legion of freaking nerds? The band of... I don't know. You know what I'm saying. But who's going to stop me? There's no security there. It's, I'll go one on everyone. I'll be Bruce Lee like he walks into the, the bad guy's dojo and I'll fuck everybody up. Well, you shouldn't steal. Well, they're stealing $100 for a battery. Right? Same thing. I'll just walk right out of there. Nothing you can do about it, Apple. Nothing you can do. So then I, I, I'm driving home one day and I hear that California only has a year left of water. And by the way, nobody seems to care. Nobody seems to care. More people care about Tre Trevor Noah doing gay tweets and Jewish tweets than we have a year of water left. And I started thinking, hey, you know we should do something about it? How about Apple does something about it? Hey, Apple, why don't you make a fucking app that makes drinking water out of salt water, seeing our planet is 80% water. I live near the water. I cannot drink that water. Hey, Apple, how about making drinking water instead of talking watches that no one's going to wear? Unless you're about to assassinate the Russian prime minister, you don't need a talking watch. I need drinking water. And my friend's like, dude, you can't make money off of selling drinking water to poor people. Really? Coors Light seems to be doing great. Bud Light seems to make a ton of money selling that drinking water. You ever have Bud Light? Is that even beer? That's just dirty water. I cannot believe that nobody's working on taking the salt water right there and turning it into drinking water. The governor's spending a billion dollars on What are you spending on it? Make some fucking distilleries or whatever you need. 
Like Bill Burr said, nothing's going to change until they start slitting throats. That's my opinion. Nothing's going to change. Well, I don't know how great this sounds. Actually, I think this is one of the best ones I've done. I've enjoyed this, which means probably no one else will. So here I'm going to close out on my random thought of the week. It kind of follows up with the drinking water thing. And I'm just going to say this. I don't know how deep I'll go into it. Uh, everybody keeps talking about they have this cure for cancer. This guy thinks he just cured, for can- just cured cancer. Everybody's looking for hope. But uh, my opinion is if you have more than two kids, every kid after that, makes it farther and farther away from us getting a cure for cancer. Does anyone not agree with that? There's too many people on the planet. There's too many. They got to thin the herd. That's what it's all about. And I've lost friends. And my, uh, I have a, someone who's very close to me who's, who, who's struggling with cancer right now. It breaks my heart. I raised money to fight cancer. But it's like there's too many people. They're not going to cure it. It's a population control thing. That's my opinion. It's a population control. I hate to say it. I've lost relatives to it. It makes me sad. But it's a population control. I can't believe people are still having like six kids. There's not enough people. There's not enough resources. Right? Do you not see this? We got a year left of water. Why are you having eight kids? Anybody? Okay. I'm just yelling at this point. I think maybe an hour is good. I mean, 50 minutes is good, right? That's It doesn't have to be an hour, does it? Does it? Does it? Does it? Does it? Does it? Blah, 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 blah. Okay, I want to do one thing. Oh, I'm going to end on this. Uh, I know I'm a dirty comic. I know. I know I'm dirty. Uh, I know I'm dirty. I'm a dirty guy. I'm a dirty comic. Uh but there's some bad entertainment out there. My friend made me. Uh, why is this? Why do I keep getting bumped off the All Things Comedy server here? <coughs> and now I can't find it. So weird. So weird. Uh, let me just end on this, and then we'll all go home. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I'm just end on this. This uh, this Adam Hunter sent me this right. He sent me this. Um, this video of this rapper they felt was pretty fucking great. And uh, it made me puke in my mouth. So I want you guys to see this guy. His name is, come on computer, give it to me. Here we go. His, nope, that's not it. God damn it. God damn it, Hunter. You piece of shit. Where is this video? Where is this video? Oh, he, did, he didn't send it to me. Fuck, I can't find it. All right. This, oh, here it is. Here it is. Let me find it real quick for you. Here it is. This is the guy. This is the guy right here. Let me plug this in. Listen to this guy's rap. Let me listen to it. His name is Stitches. He, he's trying to look like um, he's trying to look like Heath Ledger as the Joker in Batman. This is his rap. It's called Miley, Molly Cyrus. Here it is. Yeah, that's what he's saying. I'ma put cocaine in your way. I'ma put cocaine in your ass. I'ma put cocaine in your way. I'ma put my dick in your way. Put a molly in the ass. Put a molly in the ass. I just want the molly. 
Now I'm trying to fuck Miley Cyrus. I just want the Miley. Now I'm trying to fuck Miley Cyrus. I'ma put cocaine in your ass. I'ma put my dick in your ass. I'ma put cocaine in your ass. I'ma put my dick in your ass. Fuck Billy Ray Cyrus, I'm your daddy now. I'ma put my dick up in your ass and it ain't coming out. If you don't like what I'm saying now, I don't give a fuck. Cause it won't change the fact that my dick is in your butt. But cocaine will make it numb. So I'ma put it in your ass with my thumb. It's time to get freaking Miley Cyrus. We can have a baby and call him Stitcher Cyrus. I'm a dumb mental. Okay. Am I wrong? Is that? Is that like something you'd hear on Aqua Teen Hunger Force? Isn't that something like on the movie Idiocracy, that would be the greatest rapper of all time? Now, I talk about doing coke out of a chick's butt. Is that, is that me? Am I this guy of comedy? Is that why everyone stares at me like I'm weird when I get off stage? Like, that's a hor- Am I wrong? Is that, was that not horrible? I'd love to get your feelings on that. His name is Stitches. It's called Molly Cyrus. And I'd love to know if you like him, you don't like him, if he's a flaming bag of dog shit. What do you guys think? I just think it's one of those things like I'm going to try to say whatever I can say to get seen. And I think this guy is uh, this guy is like why uh, the terrorists hate us. Right? That's like, did you enjoy that at all, Mike? I mean, it was, I'm going to put cocaine in your butt. I'm going to put cocaine in your butt. I'm going to put Molly in your butt. I'm a cocaine in the butt. I just decided I'm gonna stop doing jokes about doing coke out chicks asshole because I don't want people to think I'm that guy. I like to tell real stories, not just do a fucking chorus of I'm a cocaine in your butt. I'm a cocaine in your butt. I'm a coca. Okay. All right, guys, this has been an episode of Twisted. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I feel like I'm getting better. It takes time. This is only the 11th. I'm going to keep, I work hard on it. If you like it, let me know. If you hate it, let me know. If you can go to uh, the Naughty Show on iTunes, rate and review, let me know what you think. If there's something you want me to talk about, let me know. I'll rant about it. I love you guys very much. Uh, what's this? Go check out all. Follow All Things Comedy on Twitter at All Things Comedy. Check out The Naughty Show at Naughty Show. Check out Sam Tripoli at Sam Tripoli. Check it out. I really do love you. If no one's told you that they love you today, know that I love you. I hope to see you in Atlanta at The Laughing Skull all next week, and we will talk soon. Everybody, take care. To me it seems you've lost your senior steam It seems you've lost it, lost it Demons haunted, thinking freedom Gone and all exhausted, exhausted Dreaming dreams of fortune All your deeds are all in prompt And not in sync with laws and warnings Never heeded Why you blot them marching forth And choosing what to keep and leave Consistently you're falling All or nothing, please I'll tweak it out I think I'm onto something Now you're beat to pieces In the pieces, in the parts are busted All your greatest thinking Got you sinking in the rotten gutter Now it's nothing left but everything To gain no options so you walk the narrow steps to the domains that have been calling soldier all of the 